Hallelujah. We praise the Lord. Hey, children, you're dismissed to Children's Church. Amen. It's good to have long-time friends, isn't it? Isn't that right? There's something special about having long-time friends. And um, they're a gift of God. They're a gift of God. If you have your Bibles, if you'd go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. We want to spend a few moments talking about being thankful for His triumph. Or we could call it a victory in Jesus. Either one will work, I think. Amen? Just reading a couple of verses here. 2 Corinthians 2, looking at verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession or in triumph in Christ, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To one we're the smell of death and to the other the fragrance of life. And He was equal to such a task. Thankful for His triumph. I want you to notice in verse 14, Um, we see what commentators and writers would call a divine digression. The Apostle Paul makes an abrupt transition. He kind of, he makes a a change in his letter for up to this point. He's been writing pretty much what we would call a, a really discouraging and depressing account of his ministry. He had afflictions on every side, criticism of his integrity, Great pressure and great um, pain stretching him to his limits. Plans that fell through and fell apart. And then his authority as an apostle is being challenged by the false that were trying to undermine his ministry. It was a real, how do we say it? Mama said there'd be days like this scenario. Yet despite, despite all the difficulty, Paul is able to say, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. He's able to look beyond the trouble. He's able to look above the struggle. He's able to see Jesus. He's able to see His Lord and His King ruling and reigning in spite of it all. He's able to give God praise in the midst of the battle. Able to adjust His focus and reassess His emotion and His affection and declare His faith, His confidence, His certainty in Christ. And like Paul, you and I need to learn how to pause and praise. We need to learn how to sometimes just step back from everything we're facing and feeling and look up and just bless the Lord. Just give God thanks for what He's done. Give Him thanks for what He shall do. But even more, let's give Him thanks for what He is doing. He's leading us and He's holding us and He's keeping us and He's giving us grace for every step of the way. Can you say amen? Amen. And then from there, we just march on in Jesus. Grateful, thankful, trusting, believing, Considering Him wonderful. Convinced that our times are in His hands and He that began a good work, He's going to complete that work in my life. He's going to complete it in yours. Let us be thankful this morning for this great salvation and the great eternal triumph that we have and we share in Jesus Christ for this life and the life to come. Our outline is simple. We'll just cover what we can as I look at the clock. The fact of Christ's triumph. The fruit of Christ's triumph, and the fragrance of Christ's triumph. Number one, the fact of Christ's triumph, that's verse 14, and let me just get ahead of ourselves for just a bit. We triumph because Jesus has triumphed. 
We live because He lives. We overcome as He has overcome. We belong to Jesus and we share in the rewards of His victory. Hence, we can look at life and we can declare with confidence and certainty in all these things, whatever those things are, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Regardless of what those things are, a heartache, a pressure, a discouragement, a confusion, yet we know in whom we have believed in and we are convinced and we are persuaded that He is able, He is working, and He is holding, and He is leading us on. Jesus was triumphant in life, and Jesus, praise God, was triumphant in death. Jesus was triumphant in life. He was triumphant over sin. He lived a sinless life. He defeated the tempter at every turn. He knew no sin. In fact, He died that He might free us from our sins. Thank God for that blood. He was triumphant over sin. He was triumphant over Satan. You read in that Bible, you see how demons surrendered in fear when He spoke to them. And His name still makes demons tremble. His name still breaks chains of addictions and oppressions over the lives of people. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest. That He might destroy the works of the devil. And I want you to know Jesus fulfilled His purpose. He was triumphant in life over sin and over Satan and over sickness. Oh, every manner of sickness and disease had to bow before the great physician of God. Oh, this great God that we serve. The Bible says Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus was triumphant in life over sin and sickness and over Satan and even over nature. He walked on the water. He stilled the storms. He took just a little bread and some and some um, um, some fish, and he fed the multitudes. In fact, a couple of times he just stopped funerals, spoke a word, and even death had to loose its hold. Oh, bless his name! Let us give thanks this morning that this same Jesus is our Jesus, and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what He did yesterday, we can expect and believe that He'll do today. Jesus was triumphant in life, and thank God He was triumphant in death, or we wouldn't be here. He said it, no one takes my life. We know that's true. No one took his life. He gave it willingly. He gave it lovingly. He offered it as a substitute for you and for me, the perfect sacrifice. In fact, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men. Where Rome would try to use the cross to disperse rebellion and to squish any kind of rebellion or rebel leader or rebel cause. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto Myself. For the cross was certainly not a tragedy. It was heaven's victory and heaven's triumph. Jesus, even after He offered Himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross, we know the end of the story. That the grave could not hold Him and death couldn't keep Him. That the Father highly exalted Him and gave Him a name that's above every name. We thank the Lord this morning that Jesus Christ has triumphed. And you and I that love the Lord, you and I that have given Him our lives and we are walking with Him, we share in this victory. We share in this triumph. We march behind Jesus. We follow after Him. We belong to Him. We get our strength from Him. We receive a peace that passes understanding from Him. We have a wisdom to live and walk and navigate through this life through Him. We have all things pertaining to life and to godliness in Christ. 
He overcame in life, and therefore you and I can overcome in life. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth within me. And that's our confidence, and that's our motto. It's not through my own strength, it's not through my own wits, but He that hath begun a good work in me, He has filled me, and He enables me that I can live this life and walk in victory every step of the way. Can you say amen? In this life, like Jesus triumphed, so can you. His blood has cleansed us. His Spirit has filled us. His great and precious promises, they feed us and they teach us and they guide us and they encourage us. We belong to Jesus. Therefore, we triumph in life. And praise God, we triumph in death. Paul was able to write, Oh, death, what happened to your victory? Grave, your sting, what happened there? But thanks be to God who has given us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, just the other day I talked to one of the dear elder saints getting closer to 90 than he is 85. And as he began to talk about this old temple going backward, not doing so well, he talked about it's been a good life. God's been good to me. And if you could see a smile through the phone, I saw a smile on his face. He said, now God can heal me if he wants or... If not, that'll be all right too. And I just kind of bugged in, butted in, and said, Brother, either way, it's victory in Jesus. And he said, That's right, Pastor. If he heals me or if he takes me, either way, for the child of God, it's victory in Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. That's why Jesus said the words that are so precious to us, especially in that time of facing death. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Then he says, do you believe that? I want to ask you, do you believe that? Any believers here? Then let us be thankful that death has been defeated and we have been given everlasting life through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. The fact of Christ's triumph. Jesus triumphed in life. Jesus triumphed in death. And you and I that love the Lord, that are serving the Lord, we share in His victory. We are partakers of heaven's triumph. And what a blessing that is. Now this leads us to number two, the fruit of Christ's triumph. Or the blessing, the encouragement that it brings. We see it in verses 14 and 15. And let's notice that three things Paul gleans here. And three things that you and I can glean and you and I can be encouraged by. He said, number one, Paul is sure that God was leading him. But thanks be to God who always leads us, who always leads us, who always leads us. Now, he always leads us. Always leads us. But the doctor said, always leads us. But I didn't see it come, but he always leads us. And there's great peace in that. There's great comfort in that. We, we spend a lot of excess energy struggling and striving to figure out things that we don't really have to figure out. We just have to trust and yield and lean on those everlasting arms. But number one, um, Paul was sure that God was leading him. Now the circumstances were not comfortable. Paul could not explain the detours or the disappointments. But he was sure God was in control. And you can be sure of that too. You know, the believer can always be sure that God is working everything together for good. As long as we love Him. As long as we're seeking to obey Him. Our Romans 8 in 28, 
is such a precious promise to us. It's a stress reducer. It's a confidence builder. Look how it says, and we know, you need to know this. You need to be certain of this. This will change a lot. This will be a strong part of the foundation of your faith. If Don't wonder about it anymore. Don't pray about it. And we know, we have a certainty, we have a clarity from God. We know that God causes. God causes. It's not fate. We're children of God. We're not living by happenstance. Our times are in His hands. This is not for the world. This is not for the rebel. I'm talking to those that are loving God, that are walking with God. And if that's you, then get happy. If that's you, let peace that passes, understanding come. And we know that God causes. God who can rule and overrule anything. God that knows the end from the beginning. God that makes the rough places smooth and the crooked places right. God causes all things to work together. Now, the working is sometimes uncomfortable. The working sometimes is stretching. The working sometimes is not according to our time schedule. Anybody? He causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. Do you love God? Now, if you love God, that means you're obeying His commands. That's another verse, another sermon for another day. Those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. Oh, what a blessing. He's working within us. You see, with those, that precious promise, we look at that and it's not an excuse for carelessness, but it's a great encourage for confidence as we walk this life. Like God said to Joshua, Joshua 1 and 9, be strong and have a good courage. Don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God, He's with you wherever you go. You might be facing a new season. You might be facing a new trial. You might be facing a new opportunity. Things that seem intimidating. Things that seem stretching. But God says you do not face them alone. I'm with you and my grace is sufficient for you. And I'm working in this. If you're in my will, let it be known that I'm working in this. And I'll even use hell's attacks to work a good work in your life recognizing the Lord's sovereign leading and the Lord's continual care is foundational for our faith. If we're going to have a strong faith, a faith that's firm, a faith that can handle the storm, we have to recognize the sovereign leading of our God and the continual care of our Savior. It's a foundational thing. It's of greatest importance for our spiritual health and our proper attitude as we walk this walk of faith. Therefore, we don't have to fear when new seasons come. Whether you're old or whether you're young, new seasons come to all of us. And they can be challenging. They can be stretching. But I have the peace and confidence to know He leadeth me. And He doesn't just lead me. He leads me in triumph. He doesn't just lead me from afar. He leads me intimately as He walks with me and He holds me and He keeps me. So I could be facing a new season. Or I could be facing a sudden storm and I didn't see it coming. But I assure you that Jesus was not taken away. He wasn't caught off guard by that. He's got everything under control that attack of hell just tries to get your focus off the strength and the keeper of your life and onto these other things, but you look to Him and He'll bring you through that. One thing we recognize, whether it's a a new season, whether it's a sudden storm, whether it's a stretching opportunity and you know God 
has opened the door and you know God is calling you, but yet it's, you can be timid and yet it can be a little, oh, God says, step out and triumph. Step out and trust me. I began the work. I'll give you grace for every step of the work. you got to understand that He works all things together for good. That God, the good God, the faithful God, the loving God, your wonderful Heavenly Father. So when that opportunity comes and you know it's God, then sit aside the fear, set aside what happened the other time, and step out trusting Him. Step out believing Him and triumph in Christ. Can you say amen? Oh, bless His name forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody rest in that. Somebody find peace in that. Someone get excited about that. Look at that opportunity. It's God getting ready to use you. It's God getting ready to bless you. It's God bringing you into a new place of fruitful labor and ultimate victory. Blessed be His name. Now here's the key. Here's the key. Paul was sure that God was leading him. I want to be sure that God's leading me. How about you? Very quick, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let's look at this very quickly. This is a foundational verse. There are certain If you can learn maybe six or eight pillar verses in the Bible, that's better than having a ten-year degree. I'm just telling you. If you can know that you know some of the basics, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. You get that one in your life, I'm telling you, this is going to go. It's going to go. Here is one of those keyest verses. Through our lives, from the time I was a teenager, crying out to God, do you zig or do you zag? Do you go or do you stay? Is this you or is this me? Sometimes you can't tell. Until after your little nose runs against that wall. I guess it wasn't him. Amen. It must have been me. That's all right. We all learn by trial and error, don't we? It's part of learning. We're still learning. But hopefully the older we get, we run to less walls. We learn something along the way. But I want you to learn this verse. If you don't have this verse memorized, I want to encourage you to memorize this verse. To get this verse in your heart. To get this verse in your mind. To live this verse. To stand on the verse. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. Hallelujah. And lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways. In all your ways. Time to acknowledge Him. It's time to look to Him. It's time to submit to Him. It's time to recognize and yield your life afresh to Him. And make it fresh. In all your ways, call on Him and seek Him. And submit to Him. And He shall. Somebody say, shall. He shall direct your path. Your path. God says, I'll direct your path. That's how He leads us in triumph, by directing our path. But we have our part to do. We commit ourselves. We submit ourselves. We look to Him. We don't just do our own thing and say, oh God, what do they say? You, 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 you sow your seeds and then you pray for crop failure. It don't work like that. Isn't that right? We all pray for some crop failure in our life. Isn't that true? That's true. Don't lie in church. But I don't, we don't want to live like that, do we? That's not the way to live. The way to live is to begin by saying, Lord, lead me in this. You know all things. Sometimes I can't even trust my own heart. It can be tricky. But Lord, I'm going to acknowledge You. And You said if I acknowledge You and submit to You and look to You, You shall. You shall. Hallelujah. You shall direct my path. I want my path led of God. Amen? Hey, it doesn't mean everything's always going to be easy, but if I have the confidence that He led me, I have the confidence I can do it. Amen? Because He's with me. Praise the Lord. I want to expand this thought just a bit. Let me expand it. I'm looking at that clock, but don't worry. We're not going anywhere. Amen? 
We have a confidence that God is leading us. But we need in all practicality a cooperation if God is to lead us. A cooperation. There, there's a teacher, he's very old now if he's still on this side of eternity, by the name of Bob Mumford. I know the Schraders know him. Wonderful Bible teacher. And he wrote a book many, many years ago about divine guidance. And one of the stories from the book God used earlier in his life when he was in the Navy to give him some illustrations of spiritual things. And there was one part about being led of the Lord that God reminded him about a certain port in Italy. It was an old port. It was an old harbor. And to get there, you had to go through a very narrow channel. And many ships had sunk. Many ships, because a lot of rocks out there and shoals, and it was a very, um, how, how do the writers say it, dangerous rocks and shoals. So again, over the years, many, many ships had sunk. So what they decided to do at the very end of the channel, into that harbor, is they set up three poles with lights on it. Three poles. And if that captain was going down that channel, and he saw one pole, he was good. But if he saw two poles, he's in trouble. He saw three poles, get ready to see the Lord. But if he saw one pole, that means he was being perfectly directed. He was being led down that straight path and he could get to the harbor. Now this wonderful teacher, Bob Mumford, God showed him in that three important things, three important pillars for us being led of God. That we need to line up to have the certainty that we're going to get what God's called us to do. Three things. Number one, there was the Word of God, which is the objective standard. The objective standard. This thing doesn't change. Amen? Amen? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's good for. Amen? The Bible, the man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word. Isn't that right? Lead my, order my steps by thy word. So this rich in word of God is very clear. This is the first poll. We've got to get this thing lined up. You're never going to walk in triumph. You're never going to walk with God if you're not committed to learn and obey your Bible. Come on, someone. Amen? Simple things like honesty and purity, integrity, compassion, love, mercy, hope. All these things. Don't got to pray about those things in the book. Very clear. Amen? That's an easy one. It's an easy one, isn't it? But then secondly, not only is there the Word of God which gives us an objective standard, then there's the Holy Spirit which gives us a subjective witness. This is being led of the Spirit. Because some things aren't Black and white, are they? Take that job or take this job. Be with that one. Be with that. And witness. Witness in the Spirit. Now, being able to be led this second pole, it helps if you walk with God. But it's getting a little subjective now. So it helps if you've been acquainted with that Spirit. Amen? You, some of you folks have been married long enough. She clears her throat and it's a paragraph. You know what I mean? She have to say a word. She gives, you, she gives you one look and you, there's a chapter right there. Say no more. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? And you know that. You know a language no one else knows. Isn't that right? Because you're with her all the time. Other people just think, well, you know, but no, no, we won't go down that road. Amen. But there is a witness of the Holy Spirit. Colossians 3 and 15. Colossians 3 and 15. Because we should know the Word of God. We know the clear commands and principles and promises in the Word of God. But now there's this subjective witness. As I'm going, i got to get... And the Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule 
govern in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the peace rule. That means, literally, it means to function as an umpire. So I, I, could, I could look at something and say, well, you know, God's Word is okay with this, but as I walk towards it, I'm uneasy. Uh, uh, there's, there's no rest. There's no peace. I know it's not sin, clearly. It's the Bible. It's, it's, but there's something else. This pole is not lining up. For instance, um, you have a peace or an uneasiness. Is there a restlessness? Is there an unsettledness or a calm? Red light, green light, caution, the Holy Spirit of God. Relationships develop this. Second pole. But now the third pole. We've got the Word of God. Right? Totally. Objective. Witness of God. bit subjective. But the closer you walk with God, the more you get acquainted with the voice of the Spirit and the peace or lack thereof of the Spirit. Amen? But now thirdly, he says that there's circumstances or divine providence. Got to get these three lined up. Divine providence. Are doors opening or doors closing? Does it seem like there's favor here? Or just nothing's working here and you've got to fight every little and make it happen? For example, I go to my Bible and I says, you want to give me the desires of my heart. Woo, glory be to God. Look out. Amen. And I feel excited in my heart. Woo, I'm excited. I'm going to take that as a witness. Isn't it right? All right. But how, next step. Next step. Third poll. How many of you know it don't seem likely that my future includes playing in the NBA? <laughs> Something. Uh, you know, all right. All right. Something, all right? But, but, but then he say he wants to give me the desires of my heart? Yeah. And I feel it, Pastor. I feel it. I'm going. I'm going. Circumstances. Uh, maybe someone says, we know the Word of God says to be compassionate and to help hurting people. We know the Word of God. I got a, now I've got a burden in my heart. So I am going to be a doctor on the mission field. Isn't that good? But the problem is you failed basic biology three years in a row. <laughs> Might have a problem there, right? Now, maybe there's something else you can do along those lines, but that might not be the specific door. we got three poles. God leads us. We have to be confident. We believe that. But there is not only confidence, our cooperation that brings the reality and the practicality. I've got to know my Bible. If you'll just live by that book, I mean, 80% of the things are done. Amen? If you'll just have a basic walk with God, you'll develop a sensitivity in your spirit and you'll hear the Holy Spirit saying, yay or nay, caution or go for it. There'll be a peace. But then thirdly, how we are able... Now, Paul got doors closed on him. Paul, the great apostle at times, he knew the Word of God. He felt the witness of God. But then he'd try to go through a door and it would slam shut. So even Paul had to recognize sometimes circumstances are the final thing that God says, no. It doesn't mean that everything's easy, but there will be a measure of favor and you'll sense the hand of God working when it's God all the way. Hallelujah. All right. Let's clear this down. Number one, Paul was sure that God was leading him, but better yet, Paul was sure God was leading him in triumph. Isn't that a beautiful thought? I mean, he's not just leading us into sorrow. He's leading us into triumph. And in keeping with the imagery of, of the Roman triumph, Paul is 
proclaiming that God leads believers triumphantly in Christ. We follow the all-conquering King of Kings. We follow in His victory parade. We share in His triumph over death, sin, hell, and the grave. Jesus said, I'm building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail again. We're following Him. We're seeking after Him. And as we walk with Jesus, He leads us in trial. As we walk with Jesus, as we abide in Him, there's abundant life. There's purposeful life. There's fruitful life. There's fulfilling life. As we abide in Him, we live in a world where so many are searching for answers. And in that struggle of answers outside of God, they just grow into despair and dysfunction and hopelessness. But we give thanks this morning that we have present meaning and purpose and value. We have eternal destiny. We have eternal worth. That our Creator, yes, praise God, we have a Creator. We're not an accident. You're not an accident. You have a Creator. He's made in His image after His likeness. But our Creator became our Redeemer. Redeemed us. And now He leads us into His goodness from faith to faith and glory to glory. As we walk with Jesus, we enjoy the power of His Spirit. We enjoy the personal relationship and communion with the living God. We have an assurance of His presence, of His guidance, the Word that instructs us, the blessing of belonging to the family of God. And when things get hard or things get heavy, we find that there is a place that He's invited us to come to. It's called the throne of grace. And in that place, we can have help and mercy and strength for whatever comes our way. And when things get rough, and sometimes the load is heavy, and sometimes it's, it's not always easy walking the walk of, with Jesus Christ, but He gives us not only the invitation to come to a throne of grace, but He calls us to cast our care on Him. Because He's promised to care for us and to take care of us. So regardless of what we're facing, He leads us, not just that He leads us, but He leads us in triumph and we give God praise. We give God thanks this morning that there is a place that we can go and there is someone we can always turn to. There is a throne of grace that is open that we can draw near to God and call on this God and cast our burdens. He'll heal our hurts and refresh our weariness and guide us in the way that He's chosen. We give God praise. We're a thankful people because there is a place that we can go and there is one that we can always turn to. He's He's never on hold. He's never on vacation. He never forgets our number. Jesus, wonderful Jesus, He's there for you. And He's there for me. And we give God praise and we give God thanks. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Even sometimes this march, it can get steep. That's true in that burden, the load. It can get heavy, but we look to Jesus. We just give it to Jesus. Remind me of a story I read. Just not too long ago. You might not be a big basketball fan, but maybe you've heard of that name Larry Bird, that, that great basketball player for the Celtics. Pastor Allen played a lot of basketball. Amen. A lot of basketball. Well, they gave him a retirement party. True story. Retirement party. And one of his former coaches, Casey Jones, got up to say a few nice words about Larry Bird. And they talked about Larry's passion and his leadership and his take charge and everything. He told a time that end of the game, and there's a few seconds left, called a timeout, and he was diagramming a play for the team to run for the last shot. 
And as he began to diagram the play, Larry just comes in the huddle. Says, hey, hey, don't worry about anything. Just give me the ball and get out of the way. Casey Jones says, I'm the coach. I wasn't putting up with that. Hey, Larry, you be quiet. I'm the coach. I'll call the plays. He turned around. Hey, you guys, listen. Just get Larry the ball and then get out of the way. <laughs> That's kind of the church's message. Give the ball to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Then get out of the way. Amen? <laughs> when you've done your part, then bring it to Jesus. Saints, when you've done your part, and you've been faithful in your part, then bring it to Jesus. Call on that name. Trust in that promise. And then get out of the way and watch Him make a way. Watch Him work His good work. Follow Him as He leads you and guides you. And the battle is the Lord is going to fight it for you. Can you say amen? Alright, that's enough. We, we, we call it a night. Amen. We're going to pray. Open the altar. Traders are here and they wouldn't mind helping pray for some people too. I know that. They're always in season ready. But we want to give God some praise. If anyone wants to be thankful, the people of God ought to be a thankful people. Amen? In this life and in the life to come. We are more than conquerors. We march. Are you marching with Jesus? I better better not get the the horse before the cart, cart before the horse, something like that. Are you marching with Jesus? This only applies if you're marching with Him. Now you're doing your own thing. You're in a heap of trouble. You marching with Jesus? You can't claim the promise. You're not marching with Him. That's right. That's true. No, 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 no. You're not heading towards triumph if you're not right with God. That's right. Amen. But the good news is you can get right with God. That's right. Amen. You can make a fresh altar today. Hallelujah. You can get things straight. Amen. And say, Lord, it's not worth it. March on my own march. It's just going to end in destruction sooner or later. I want to march with you, Lord. Amen. Get victory now. No, I got it forever. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to pray the final prayer, sing the final song, then open the altar. If things aren't right between you and Jesus, if you're not marching with Him, I'll invite you to come and pray, and someone will pray with you. Make a fresh altar. Get things right. The sooner, the better. The younger, the better to get things right with the Lord. Amen. And let Him lead your life and use your life and work His good plan in your life. You're here today and you need prayer. Maybe you need prayer for healing. Maybe you're facing something in this new year and you need a brother or sister to pray with you, to believe God with you. We'll pray for you. We'll believe God. Maybe you're here and you're just beginning to really understand what a great salvation you have in Jesus and how good God's been to you. He's led us through some toils and snares, amen? But He's brought us through every time. So why don't we just spend a little time before we go just giving them praise and giving them thanks. And if you want to come down and call on the Lord, if you want to come down and just get prayer, let's, 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 let's give the Lord some time to touch us now. Amen? We, we worship Him. We've heard His Word. Can we give Him a little time just to touch us and work in our lives? Stand with me, please. Stand with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, we love You. We thank You, Lord. What a salvation. We are such a privileged people. Oh, God, we are such a privileged people. We look, Lord, where you found us and all the things you brought us through. How you blessed us, Lord, and you've kept us. We thank you, Lord. Life has not been trouble-free, but you've given us the victory at every turn. Your grace has never failed us. Your faithfulness has been new every morning. Hallelujah. And, Lord, we want to praise you and thank you. We want to pause and praise and just look to you with hearts of gratitude and thanksgiving. Because, Lord, if it hadn't been for You, where would we be? 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for the great salvation we have in Your Son. And we celebrate His triumph as we walk and march confidently in Jesus. Lord, help us to spread the fragrance of the Gospel wherever we go. Lord, we didn't get to that point. But Lord, salvation not only beautifies, but perfumes the child of God. <laughs> Taking off that garment, put on a new garment. Taking off that, that sorrow, brought on. Fragrance, salvation. Fragrance of forgiveness. Fragrance of new birth. And now as we walk through life, through us, You spread the fragrance of Your salvation, of Your mercy, and of Your love. Help us to spread the fragrance of the Gospel wherever we go. And now, Father, touch Your people. Speak to hearts, O God. There's people here this morning seeking Your will. Father, in Jesus' name, make it clear. Make it clear. Make it very clear to them. Father, there's people here today that are thirsty. Just thirsty for more of You. Maybe they're a bit weary from the battle. Father, in the name of Jesus, as people look to You, refresh, refresh thirsty souls. Remove weariness. Let a new vitality come upon Your people. Father, please heal the hurting. If they'll come, O oh God, I ask you to honor their faith in coming. Touch them with your healing power in Jesus' name. Heal the hurting and stir up the faith of those that are battling. That they will continue to stand firm and strong, trusting in you, acknowledging you, and watching you work your good work in and through their lives. Father, bless us all to time. Receive our praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, let's worship the Lord. If you need prayer, quick, let's come and believe God. God will touch you. God will fill you. Let's wait on the Lord.